The Sons of Liberty is a politically neutral organization. We believe that the Judeo-Christian ethic has provided the principles upon which this nation was founded. It is our belief that these principles provide not only the foundation and framework for American government and society, but are also essential to the maintenance of a fair and just society. All program content is based on a Christian biblical worldview. One of you said to me recently that we shouldn't rock the boat. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I want to tell you that I am a boat rocker. Good morning, America. Welcome, Christians, conservatives, constitutionalists, liberals, libertarians, communists, Islamists, LGBTQ, RSTUV, WXYZ people, all the boat rockers who are in the house, and anybody else I may have missed, to the Sons of Liberty radio show here on Red State Talk Radio. We use the Bible and the Constitution not to see who's on the right or the left, but who is on the straight and narrow. I'm your host, Tim Brown, coming to you live from the U.S. occupied state of South Carolina. The editor at SonsOfLibertyMedia.com, and for our Muslim friends, I'm the infidel that Allah warns you about. I hold to the book, the Bible, as the authoritative word of God. Glad that you guys have joined us here for Rotten of the Core Wednesday. We're going to bring on Lynn Taylor here in just a moment. But if you'd like to check us out online, please do so. SonsOfLibertyRadio.com and SonsOfLibertyMedia.com is where you can find us. In fact, if you slide over to SonsOfLibertyMedia.com, and you scroll down right on the right side of the page, you'll see that we are streaming live there. If you are listening by Red State Talk Radio and you want to see the face that's made for radio, uh, you want to watch the show via the video platform, you can do so at sonsoflibertymedia.com. Also, while you're there, be sure to subscribe to our email newsletter. We don't spam you. We don't rent your email out. We don't sell it to anybody. You get one email a day. And in that, you get all the articles we have at sonsoflibertymedia.com. And uh, that's for me, Bradley, and the contributors we have there. Also, we have needs. We, we do have resources that we use, and uh, those resources are depleted monthly. And so uh, we're dependent upon the Lord and you to provide for us in keeping us out there doing what we do. So if you have the ability and you would like to, there's a donate button right at the top of the page. You can click on that and make a donation to help meet those needs. Also, if you'd like to become a partner with us as a son or daughter of liberty, click on Become a Son or Daughter of Liberty at the top of sonsoflibertymedia.com, and uh, you can set that up so that it comes out painlessly, as it were, every month, and uh, your support is greatly appreciated. And then finally, our store is available right at the top of the page as well. Click on that, purchase some great products, T-shirts, hats, coffee mugs, water bottles, books, CDs, DVDs, all kinds of stuff in there that can be great conversation starters. They can also be ways that you can minister to people. Uh, maybe you've got somebody who you're going to get a gift for. Get them something that's going to drive them towards the truth. And uh, you can do that at sonsoflibertymedia.com. Now, before I bring Lynn on, I want to I make you aware of something. I, I was going through uh, the Freedom Index last night. Now, for people who don't know what the Freedom Index is, it's put out by the John Birch Society and the New American. And it is a scorecard of your representatives, our representatives. 
And it's it's a fascinating thing because you can go to somewhere like Conservative Review and they're going to fudge on your representatives quite a bit, actually. Um, <clears throat> but these guys don't fudge on it. And I was going through, do you know there was only one guy that got 100% on his voting record to be constitutional? Thomas Massey from Kentucky. The only guy out of all of the representatives that they keep score on got 100%. And there's a video there where he talks about that. And he says, you know, a lot of people, they'll send out these things saying they're going to score this vote. And he says, like it or not, whether you're constitutional or not, he says, and I think he's saying it as a man. He's saying it affects your thinking because you're thinking, I don't want to mess my score up. And they and these people are sort of giving you the answer they want you to have to vote on. And he says the New American does not do that. They don't let you know what they're scoring. And so you have to vote every vote as though it's constitutional without any of that pressure of somebody scoring it. What I found interesting was this. In looking at the scorecards, Democrats were around, I'm going to say averaging between around 20% of their vote is constitutional. Some of them are way lower than that. They're like at 10 but I would say the average is about 20. Do you know what Republicans are? Somewhere around 60 or 70. They're not necessarily the good guys when it comes to upholding. That's all I'm saying. They're not necessarily the good guys when it comes to upholding. They're a little better than the other guys. But you really need to check that out. And then you need to start holding your, your representatives accountable for their votes. Uh, no matter what they vote mm-hmm. on, you need, they took an oath to be constitutional and we need to hold them to that. So I'm going to recommend going to the John Birch Society. Just put in Freedom Index, and you'll be able to find it. And you can find your representative very easy. And all of the votes are there so that you know what they voted on, what it was about, whether it was constitutional, whether it was not constitutional. I just wanted to throw that out. I, I uh, went back over there last night to look up something, and I saw that there. And again, I, I'm not surprised by Thomas Massey. He is a constitutional guy. But uh, there, I don't see anybody on there that's remotely close to his voting record. With that said, uh, it's com- it's Rock to the Core Wednesday, and we have the Common Core diva with us. Good morning, Lynn Taylor. Good morning. All right, Lynn is still feeling a little under the weather, but, you know, she's a good soldier. She's, uh, she's fighting through that. <clears throat> and um, so, Lynn, we've got some things we're going to look at today, mm-hmm. and uh, it continues on in the same vein of what we've covered each Wednesday, and that is... We're seeing usurpations of the Constitution, things I was just talking about just now, being advanced by representatives, by corporate um, media, uh, corporations, and globalists to transform the United States of America from a liberty-loving people who have one king, and that's King Jesus, to a communist workforce under totalitarianism. Uh, What do we got on that this week? Oh, well, you know, we're going to continue on from last week where we went over the global education future, where it was all about, we're, you know, going to skill-based education, which we know we've been on that track for several years. We know that Charlotte Iserbite has warned us about it. We know that we've had several other people warn us about the dangers of shifting away from academics into skill-based labor. 
Um, and we're seeing it play out um, in Congress. You were talking about the Freedom Index, but in, you know, if you look at their votes on education, whether they're Democrat or whether they're Republican, uh, 100% of what they do in education, anything is unconstitutional. And Representative Massey is trying his best to be as constitutional as he can, but he is trying uh, to shut down the Department of Education. This will be the third year in a row, or third, excuse me, congressional session in a row where he has introduced a bill to shut down education. And as you and I have gone over before, while that's a great motive, shutting it down will force it to do one thing, and that is to scatter all over the other unconstitutional federal agencies that have their hands in education now. So we need to be careful when we say, okay, let's just shut down it. We need to be very, very careful of how we shut it down so that it doesn't stay in the federal government's control. Right. And part of the problem is, is that people have to understand, number one, the Constitution doesn't give the federal government any authority in the area of education. And where we didn't give that, if you're looking for that authority, it's in Article One. That would be what Congress can actually write law on. So we didn't give them authority. And the Ninth and Tenth Amendments basically say that whatever we didn't give you authority for, that resides with the states and with the people. And even though, like, uh, South Carolina had was forced to put education in their constitution uh, following the tyrant Lincoln's reign, uh, the, the reality is, biblically speaking, and with a view towards liberty, that responsibility falls upon the parents, not the state. God gave children to the parents. And, you know, you can't sit here and say when the state wants to come in and take your kids to go vaccinate them or take your kids and go do this or that or the other with them. You can't say, well, they're not your kids, they're mine, and you're not going to take the responsibility to educate. You can't be double-minded in that area. You've got to start with the foundation of educating your own kids, Deuteronomy 6, and teaching Mm -hmm. them first and foremost to fear the Creator and to know His commands. And then second of all, to be understanding as a citizen as to what their rights and their liberties are under God so that they they can stand up for them. As Bradley has said before, if you don't know your rights, you don't have any rights because you, you're not going to be able to stand up for them. Right. And what we're seeing along with this shift in skill-based education, Tim, is the absolute out-and-out lie that America is a democratic republic. And we have that here in North Carolina that was just voted upon on changing the social studies standards Uh, for K-12 through education, which, of course, will uh, extend itself over into post-secondary education. And um, it's absolutely egregious because what it, some of the shifts that are going on, and this was voted on by our State Board of Education, it was a seven to five split vote um, to update these standards. And if you'll remember, a couple of weeks ago, we went over the For the People Act, H.R. 1, where it was going to uh, lower the voting age and change the civics curriculum. And before we close that show out, I told everyone, look, this is going to happen two ways. It's going to happen from a federal level, and then it's going to happen from a state level. And so North Carolina is just one of the states that has decided, oh, yes, we don't have a, a woke enough social studies 
uh, curriculum. So we need to get on the board and we need to update it so that everyone can have social justice and skill-based education as their foundation instead of the platform of the truth in the Bible as their foundation or the truth in the Constitution as their foundation. So, you know, that's going on in all the states, not just North Carolina, but yeah, uh, they decided to do that last week. And it was, it's really terrible if you look at the standards of, of what is going to be taught starting in August of 2021. Right. Now, a lot of people will come at us. Uh, let's, let's take this. Uh, if this is the first time you're listening to the Sons of Liberty on Rotten to the Core Wednesday, where we deal with this issue of education. Some people will come at it and they'll say, look, I, I just, I'm stretched so thin. Maybe I'm a single parent or even, you know, there's two parents in the home and the finances are just too tough. Uh, we're already paying taxes for this, this public school education. And what do you guys expect us to do? We, we're having such a hard time here. Well, I would encourage, first of all, <clears throat> that you get into the scriptures and you see your responsibility. That's the first thing. And then the second thing is, is to repent before God and say, you gave me these kids, I'm supposed to be the ones, you know, educating them and move in that direction. The second thing is, is to start looking at what the state is doing to undermine your authority as a parent. Because this is the way, if you go to communist countries across the world, what you'll find is they go after your children. And they go after your children in this education. They use the education to go after them and they've got their young, impressionable minds, and they're putting in all of the statism. That's what it is, to one degree or another. It's it's to war, make them at war with God. And so they're in direct contrast to the commands of God. And so they're going to do that to undermine your authority with your children. This is a long-term goal they have. They've been doing it in this country for decades. If you want to know where we're losing it, we're not losing it at the ballot box. We're not losing America at the ballot box. We're losing it in the classroom. That's where that's where the battle is, and that's the place where everybody, for the most part, are MIA. They have no idea that they're losing it because it's happening so gradually. It's happening right under their nose, and it's coming from something you know our generation has seen for, you know, this is all we've known unless you've got out of that mindset, the matrix, as you will, uh, to actually educate your own kids. And even when you're doing that, Lynn is brought to the forefront that these tyrants have imposed these kinds of status standards, even upon homeschool. Now, we, I'm just going to tell you, we ignore it here at the Brown House. But they try to put those standards on the homeschoolers, the private schools, the charter schools. You know, the whole school choice thing is really not about choice except for where you go. But what you're going to get fed is going to be basically the same thing. Right. It absolutely is. And one of the things about this skill-based education is that it does absolutely target home education. Um, Last week, one of the homeschool groups um, that I happen to belong to uh, posted on Facebook 
uh, this image of Mike Rowe. And if everyone doesn't know who Mike Rowe is, he is the one who was made famous on Discovery Channel uh, with a show called Dirty Jobs. And he showed you a lot of the occupations that don't get a whole lot of love, if you will, and talking about how important these people who do these really menial jobs are to our society. And I'm not arguing that we don't need these kinds of occupations, Tim, where my problem is with Roe is the fact of people are using him and Congress especially as a poster boy, if you will, for skill-based career tech education. And this particular homeschool group showed this article about how micro has scholarships for people who are interested in trade schools. And this is what this administrator of this homeschool group posted. Micro has been a huge advocate for the trades and skill-based work. But did you know he gives away a huge scholarship to the students every year who want to pursue a trade? I love that he is helping to break the myth that the only way to success in a well-paying career is through the doors of college. Now, I don't argue that not everyone is made for college, okay? I truly don't. But when we are taking celebrities and we're using their platforms to force skill-based education into choices of school location, including home education, I have a major problem with that simply because Congress has the attitude from the career politicians, both Republican and Democratic, that all education is career tech education. And under the Common Core machine, that is precisely right. All education has been turned into skill-based workforce readiness. And if nothing else proves that, the Every Student Succeeds Act on page 17 clearly stated for us, Tim, when it was signed into law in 2015, that all education had to be aligned to the same post-secondary readiness standards as laid out in the Workforce Innovation and Opportunity Act. So we have a federal education law that does not align itself to academic standards for uh, for uh, educational excellence for Johnny and Susie. We have an national education law that has aligned itself to a Department of Labor law. Does that not tell you something? Well, it tells me that uh, people don't care about the Constitution no matter what they say. And I refer back to what I was saying about the Freedom Index of what we're seeing representatives do and not follow the Constitution. Uh, You've said Massey. I I don't know. He's probably done this more than three years because I know uh, I've covered that for several years beyond the three where he's trying Mm -hmm. to get rid of Department of Education. But as we've discussed, this educational kind of legislation, it's pretended legislation because they have no authority to do it. It's it's intertwining in all kinds of departments and other laws. And I I think we were seeing even some of this with some of this COVID relief and stuff like that. We Mm -hmm. talked about that they were intertwining this education monster in with uh, some of the COVID legislation as well. Right. They will. And this uh, For the People Act, the uh, if you look 
at congress.gov right now, there's, and we talked about this last week, there is a new bill to increase the amount of national uh, apprenticeships because that's where the uh, misnomer, if you will, is being funneled through for all this skill-based education is through a nice sounding word like apprenticeships. Now, if you look at historical uh, regimes, if you look at how uh, apprenticeships are labeled, it's not a nice sounding word. It is, you know, womb to tomb, cradle to grave, lifelong learning, human capital, that sort of thing. So, you know, yeah, we've uh, we've cleaned it up and used a nice sounding word so that everyone will embrace it and say, oh, yes, we don't need to just go to college. We can go to trade school. Well, Mike Rowe's particular scholarship targets community colleges. And if your community college program is like the one here in North Carolina. We have 58 community colleges throughout the 100 counties. Every one of them has gone over to the career tech education, the STEM, the science, technology, engineering, and math, which is part of the United Nations. They've gone to that sort of curriculum to prepare you for fast-track jobs. Now, as staunchly as our lieutenant governor here in North Carolina fought against the new civic standards uh, that I've just talked about, He's all for using community colleges to fast track your career. So it doesn't matter, again, if you're Republican or you're Democrat. This is what your politicians are selling you, and they've been doing it for years. And it's all rooted in the Prussian model of workforce case system that we've seen in communist countries, we've seen in Nazi countries and fascist countries. Yeah, and this is uh, – it reminds me of uh, the people people who are familiar with the book 1984. You wonder how the people got there. And it really doesn't explain to you how the people got where they are, but you can bet your bottom dollar it's on the issue of how they were indoctrinated as they grew up and how the, the kids were indoctrinated as they oh, grew up. it absolutely up. is, yes. Yeah, that, and that's that's the part that people are missing. And I think, you know, Lynn, this is why I say – for a lot of people, when the, when the issue of education comes up, they yawn at it. It's not it's not the red meat that everybody throws out. Somebody said such and such about this, and somebody said such and such about that, or they did that. That seems you know very WWE esque, if you will. It was very right. uh, with flair and and everything else. It's not that. This is the subtle, quiet uh, killing of liberty in America because it's it's destroying the ability to critically think about anything. Um, oh, yeah. I mean, it really is doing that. We saw that some years back when they were showing all of the videos about the Common Core math that came out that made absolutely no sense. And then adult people come on and say, oh, it's it's just all we want to know is just how you came to the conclusion and you get an A. Whether it was right or wrong, we, we want to know how you came to that. It, it lacks wow. any kind of critical thinking, any logic. And, you know, I go back to the scripture John one one says the Word became flesh. Uh, he was he was God from the beginning. The Lord Jesus was God, and He became flesh. And that word there is the logos, the the logic. That's where we get our word logic. That's what He is. And this is why when He would respond to the Pharisees when they tried to catch Him, He would use logic to do it. He would draw them back to look at themselves instead of trying to point the finger at Him and evaluate what was really going on. And that's how He tripped them up. Well, the, the, the problem today is we lack the ability to even 
think logically, ask logical questions uh, in our right. country for, for many people growing up in, in our society. And the reason is, is because they want people to be driven. They want the, the nose to the grindstone. They want them to work. They want them to be good little consumers to fuel the, the funds and the bank accounts of the corporations and uh, keep the people in power who are there now. And if people could see that big picture right there, I think mm-hmm. they would take a whole different approach to the issue of education and government involvement in it. Right. Absolutely. Well, let me tell you, if you think that education is a boring subject, take Charlotte Eiserbike, for example. She is in her 90s and she is still health problems and all. She is still out there giving interviews to try to help wake folks up of all the things that she found in her time, not only in local government, but in federal government. And she has absolutely blown the whistle since Ronald Reagan's era. And I congratulate her for doing that because you've got several people who have been in this for many years, like Charlotte, who have since followed. And one of those folks is a man by the name of John K-L-Y-C-Z-E-K. In 2018, he published this particular book. It's called School World Order. And if you look at the subtitle, it tells you the technocratic globalization of corporatized education. And several chapters in John's book, Tim, are devoted to this skill-based, outcome-based, if you will, career tech education-based shift that we have seen happen uh, since before Reagan but especially since Reagan up to President Trump. Yeah, somebody has made um, a comment in the mm-hmm. chat. Uh, we have teachers that are making six figures setting up BLM's marches in our little uh, county, uh, very disappointed in our district. Yeah, that's another part of that indoctrination is mm-hmm. to make them politically active uh, right. so that when – I mean, look – Young people have energy for a reason. <laughs> it's to be it's to be putting that energy to to work for a purpose. And here's part of the problem as I see it. The church has lost her vision for glorifying God, taking dominion over the earth, advancing the gospel of Jesus Christ, as the, the guys from the Mayflower Compact wrote. Um, they've lost that purpose. They haven't passed that purpose on their children. So their children are looking for something. And so young people are gravitating towards Antifa or BLM or, you know, pick your social justice warrior kind of thing. And they're finding purpose in that. It's, It's like gangs. When children go to gangs, they've lost the purpose of the family. And so as a result of that, they're looking for family. And they go with these guys who are going to get them in trouble, which, you know, the book of Proverbs would warn about those who lie in wait for innocent blood, not to go hang out with them. And yet they go and do that. It's the same thing here. We've right. got to get back as the church. And I'm, I'm going to speak to those who name the name of Christ. If you call yourself a Christian, if you call yourself a constitutionalist, if you call yourself a conservative, We've got to get back to those foundations to drive our kids with purpose for the glory of God. If we don't do that, we can talk about voting and, you know, taking America back and all this stuff all we want to. And we're on a fool's errand because we don't we're not aiming 
for where we should be aiming, and that is that we glorify God. We, we're educated so that we can glorify God in whatever we do, not a specific you know skill set that we are indoctrinated right. with, but whatever we do. Right, and it's interesting that you bring a lot of this up as far as the social justice, because that's what's woven into not only the skill-based education, Tim, but in this new type of civics, if you will. But in John's book, he's got 15, at least 15 different chapters, and the ones that are devoted to the skill-based education are, let's see here, Corporate Fascist Workforce Training for the Hegletarian State, the Real Meaning of Cradle to Career Education. He also has in here, um, let's see here, what else is it? Billionaire Betsy DeVos, Big Data, the Public-Private Planned Economy, uh, Secretary DeVos, NeuroCore, Competency-Based Workforce Training, a Continuation of the Outcome-Based behaviorism through medicalized education. Uh, we also have the technocratic era of educonditioning, the cognitive behavioral workforce schooling through online adaptive learning computers. We have, um, let's see, some other chapters as well that will tell you about the globalization of the lifelong corporate technocratic education, classrooms without walls and teachers without degrees. We have several other chapters in here as well, Tim, that are devoted to just how horrible the genetic IQ um, is being attacked for workforce training. And in the publisher's note of this book, the publisher even tells you that as much as he knows education, that when he read John's book, this uh, school work, uh, excuse, excuse me, school world order, that he was frightened by this book. And he warns you, if you really want to get in to understand what is happening in education, prepare to have the socks scared off of you by reading this book. And I can tell you just from looking at the workforce-based chapters, that he is spot on. Charlotte also did a forward for John's book. John picked up not only Charlotte's research into the skull and bones uh, from Yale University, but uh, Anita Hogue's work is in here as well. So this is absolutely worth getting and reading. And I hope that we can get John on. Charlotte has a, has suggested that we have him on on one of our Wednesday shows. And it would be great if we could get him on to talk more about his book and what his research has found that continues on what Charlotte's has as far as warning us about this Skinner-esque, um, if you will, B.F. Skinner's um, model, Horace Mann's model for ruining education. And it's, again, all traced back to the Prussian uh, model for uh, ruining America. Yeah, and I've got his uh, number here. You've sent that to me in email, so I'm going to give him a call a little bit yes. later on today. Uh, one Absolutely. of the things also, you know, when I spoke with Charlotte, mm-hmm. and I have to remind people, this is part of the deception that's there, that, you know, a lot of people thought that Ronald Reagan was the great, you know, American president and stuff. I mean, he's the one who really opened the door for a lot of this to come through. So I want people to keep that focus that, you know, a lot of times, yeah, you can rightfully point the finger at Democrats and stuff for things. 
but Republicans are coming at it from another way, and they're destroying America as a party uh, with things as well. And so Reagan had a, a big hand, and this is one of the things that Charlotte was, you know, when she wrote her book, this was one of the things that she really exposed was his agreements with the Soviets that would end up doing all of this stuff that we're seeing, the dumbing down of America's children, and that's been going on since the 80s, guys. This is not anything new. This has been going on since the 80s, and I would Mm -hmm. say up until that time, since about 1865, 1870, up until that time, uh, you already had the federal government infiltrating into the states. I, I told you, go back and look at it. If you're in a southern state and you had... Uh, education put into your constitution like South Carolina did, it was the direct mm-hmm. result of the tyrant Lincoln and of the North pushing their Marxist worldview upon the South. And again, I highly recommend the book by R.L. Dabney on secular education. Read him. He wrote in the 1860s, and he said, this is what they're going to do. This is what it's going to look like. It's a short read. It's about 75 pages. And you'll see this guy writing in the 1860s was was recounting exactly where we're at in this country, except we're a lot further along than what he said. Uh, so oh, he, he could see it from what they were going to push on, on the South. Absolutely. Well, I'm going to read to you from page 16 of John's book. And this says, workforce training curriculums might sound like a practical way to spend tax dollars allocated for public education programs. However, the cradle-to-career euphemism is a code word for public-private partnerships that repurpose public education institutions into conveyor belts that manufacture students into literal human resources who are socially engineered for the sole purpose of supplying the labor demands of private corporations. The cradle-to-career buzz phrase is relatively new on the education scene. Nevertheless, the fascist public-private infrastructure of the cradle-to-career networks is rooted in the proto-Nazi philosophies of George Wilhelm Friedrich Hegel, which were incorporated in the United States education system by the infamous Yale secret society, the Skull and Bones. Likewise, the cradle-to-career pedigree of reducing education to uh, job-specific workforce training for a planned economy in a corporate state can also be traced back to Heigl and the Prussianization of the American education system. This is absolutely incredible. Now, you also had some stuff here for uh, for Mike Rowe. You were speaking about him absolutely. earlier. And yes, he's absolutely. got a sweat pledge. You want to tell people about what that is as well? Oh, the sweat pledge. Yes, that is, um, if you look at Mike Rowe's uh, website, all about the scholarship for skill-based education and for trade schools, he will tell you that it's, we believe skill and work ethic aren't taboo. He will go on, his website also reads about, you know, hey, there's a skills gap in America and I'm doing what I can through my foundation to lessen this skill base, you know, this skill gap, uh, how we need workforce training, how we need to have all these different careers that are given to us. And the sweat pledge is nothing but, hey, 
first of all, it's these affirmations, if you will, Tim, about first of all, hey, I'm glad to be alive. I have life. I have liberty, the pursuit of happiness. I also know that my education is my responsibility. I know that, you know, others can choose to be lazy, but I'm going to get out there and I'm going to work my butt off, you know, things like that. So it's all this just gung-ho hype kind of stuff for getting you in the mindset that I have to go be part of the workforce. And like I said, I'm not anti-job. I'm not anti-micro. What I'm against is using your celebrity to further a agenda, an agenda that has nothing to do with constitutionally based, biblically based um, education, but is promoting nothing but career tech education, the STEM and all the stuff that goes with it so that you can hurry up to learn, to hurry up to earn so you can be part of that workforce society. And he's just, and I've done some articles on him um, on my blog, commoncordiva.com, and I've shown you how Congress will trot him out every time they have some sort of legislation for apprenticeships or career tech education, and they'll have him testify, if you will, to the state of we have to have more skill-based education. And he's playing right into this Hegletarian dialect that uh, John wrote about in his book that we've talked about many, many times on our show as well. Okay, yeah, I'm taking a look at uh, the website here, and he's got several of these little videos. I don't know how long each video is, Mm -hmm. um, but he's got uh, basically, what, 12 pledges here. Uh, Here's Mm -hmm. a couple of them. Number one, I believe that I have won the greatest lottery of all time. I am alive. I walk the earth. I live in America. Above all things, I am grateful. Uh, I'm wondering if he would say who he's grateful to, or is he just grateful to Mother Earth? I don't know, uh, because I'm not very familiar. I've seen articles about Mike Rowe and certain things he said, but then again, when that comes up, that's the red meat that I'm talking about. It's not that there's anything of, of real substance there. Pledge four. I do not follow my passion. I bring it with me. I believe that any job can be done with passion and enthusiasm. This sounds like a Tony Robbins kind of thing to me. Pledge 7. I believe the best way to distinguish myself at work is to show up early, stay late, and cheerfully volunteer for every crappy task there is. Okay. Um, Pledge 10. I believe that I am a product of my choices, not my circumstances. I will never blame anyone for my shortcomings or the challenges I face, and I will never accept the credit for something I didn't do. Now, there's some good things in here. I'm not going to deny that there's not some good things. I think that's a good thing there. Uh, Pledge 12, I believe that all people are created equal. I also believe that all people make choices. Some choose to be lazy. Some choose to sleep Mm -hmm. in. I choose to work my butt off. Okay, well, you know, some of these things are good. I mean, the Bible talks about if we don't work, we shouldn't eat. Whatever we find to do with our hands, Ecclesiastes tells us to do it with all our might. And so all of these things are, I mean, some of these things are good. It's good to have a good work ethic. I, My wife and I were thrilled when, you know, our kids started going to work and uh, we had their employers, when they would meet us, they would say, oh, Mr. Brown, Miss Brown, it's really nice to meet you. Man, your kids have such a great work ethic. They lead the teams on all these kinds of things. And, uh, and, and that's a good thing. That, that, I think right. that honors the Lord when we're, when we're diligent workers. That's a good thing. But, uh, right. but, but, but driving it into what these guys are doing 
is not for the glory of God. Apparently, it's for the glory of man. That's what it's for. Right. Well, here's the fine line that all this crosses. And that is, yes, the Bible says if you don't work, uh, you know, not a lot of nice things will happen to you. And I don't argue that. But where the common core machine has taken it, Tim, is if you're not credentialed for work, you don't get a job. And if you don't get a job, you cannot eat, you cannot support your family. And then we have the government rush in and take care of you. So that's where the line has been crossed. That's where the society has accepted this this garbage, if you will, from people um, like Mike Rowe, who use their celebrity in ways to influence society towards the wrong attitudes when it comes to education. Um, now, if you'll go back to Mike's site for just a minute, I want you to click on scholarship and I want you to see the common core machine entities that are creating these scholarships for skill-based education. Okay, scroll down. All right, keep going. You should, yeah, all right. First of all, um, right there, Koch Brothers. If you know anything about the Common Core Machine, you will know that the Koch Brothers and their entities have devoted billions of dollars towards workforce-based education. You also have um, these other institutions as well that are contributing to this particular shift in education. So this particular scholarship has some big bucks behind it. Well, it sure does. I'm seeing a Moen, uh, the guys mm-hmm. who make all the faucets and the shower yep. heads and things. Piedmont. Uh, Pied- is Piedmont even still around? I thought they became like American Airlines or something. You know, I'm not sure. <laughs> I really, really don't know. But you've also got... Um, you know, Ferguson, they do stuff with plumbing as well. You've got Universal Technical Institute and Universal Technical Institute, sadly, is where my husband works and has worked since 2004. And I can tell you that the shift that I have seen in the curriculum while they write their own has fully been embraced by not only the Trump administration for their apprenticeship shift. Um, Ivanka was trotted out a few, couple of years ago uh, here at the school location where I live uh, to promote nothing but career tech education. So I can tell you personally, I know many, many things about Universal Tech. They are geared for automotive industry, motorcycles, marine like your boats, uh, all kinds of uh, engines. And so, yeah, when you've got a nationwide school system that's in post-secondary education, uh, that's fully what they've embraced. And you know, they're backing micro, and I'm not surprised. Let me ask you this. So we're seeing TBN yeah. on here. Is this TBN like the Turner Broadcasting Network? Click on it and see. Oh, I can do that, huh? Okay. Right, I well. think so. Yeah, you should be able oh, to. Oh, it does. It takes it right over there. Yeah, TBN.org. Okay, that's not what that is. This is something else. Um, This looks maybe a... Yeah, but you were talking about Tony Robbins... Is this, oh, this attitude? is uh, this is this looks like is this Trinity Broadcasting? 
Yeah, this is Trinity Broadcasting. Mm-hmm. The people that put out all the false teachers and false prophets all over the place with their yeah. gaudy-looking golden sets and, uh, yeah. Uh, they, yeah. They're t- so they're teaming up with, uh, with um, I don't know how you say this, for the most part, fake Christians uh, to do this. Uh, this is incredible. I didn't, I didn't realize yeah. that's what that was because I'm not, I haven't seen Trinity yeah. Broadcasting in decades, <laughs> literally. Right, I understand, but yeah, there you go. I mean, it's it's absolutely incredible and not in a good way that we have this kind of stuff being thrown at us that, um, oh yeah, skill-based education is the way we should go. No, it's not. We need to get back to the Bible. We need to get back to the Constitution. Sure, have trade schools, but don't align them to Common Core. And that's been my beef with my husband's work for years, is if you're going to get out there and teach people how to work on cars, great, because we need people to work on cars. But leave the Common Core garbage alone, and these schools are not doing it. And it's not just UTI. It's, it's, it's a lot of the for-profit schools, any of the for-profit schools. But then you have Mike Rowe, who's using community colleges, which are publicly funded institutions. Now, a lot of this that we have, too, and just so we kind of pull this together, because yeah. <clears throat> I, I, the image from the, uh, the school board order book uh, mm-hmm. kind of reflects, and I'll, I'll bring it up here again for people who are, who are watching the show, Kind of reflects this, uh, you know, these these wires plugged into the human brain. And we've talked about some of this before. We kind of give an abstract. We give some people some things that they say and this, that, and the other. But we've also done some shows, Lynn, where we've talked about this idea where they're wanting to push in transhumanism, where they're wanting to push in mm-hmm. cashless societies, and how that'll work with that. We've, we've brought in how... Uh, the vaccine can even relate to these things as well. And so we're getting in. This isn't just a a different worldview, if you will. This is some of the stuff that's behind this is almost like reading or watching a sci-fi flick uh, that they want to somehow. I don't know what the term is I want to use here. Um, mm-hmm. m- machinize people that they want to to make them into little machines for whatever they want to do instead of again seeing men as made in the image of god they're created equal uh in the sense that they are made in the image of god doesn't matter what color their skin how their eyes are slanted or not what their lips look like or any of the other stuff they're made in the image of god and they're wanting to turn them into this cookie cutter fashion uh, communist worker bee force for uh, control and for profit. And that's where it's, huh. that's where things are being driven so that people can understand that. It, this is not something you watch now for entertainment on a film somewhere. This is happening mm-hmm. to our kids if we're putting them out there and not teaching them as we've been commanded to do so. Well, as we went over last week, that Global Education Futures book that we highlighted, it was talking about not only uh, genetically altering our children to create cookie cutter humans, it was talking about uh, reskilling us as adults as well. So, you know, this is not just about our kids. This is about every one of us. 
Now, in John's book, um, under the chapter about uh, Secretary DeVos, NeuroCore, and the competency-based workforce training, John tells us that the competency-based workforce training and the medicalization of the Hegletarian dialect education was really advanced uh, through the Trump DeVos uh, administration, if you will. And what they did was instead of saying, oh, we're going to use outcome-based education, we're going to change the, the phrasing and we're going to use competency-based education. Well, that particular global education uh, book that we showed last week, Tim, that was all about competency-based, skill-based education for every human being to be part of a molded, and shaped government society, not a free-thinking, loving family. Right, and that's I think that's where I'm I'm getting to to where they have so um, got the minds of many parents to think it's just fine to send them to the public indoctrination centers we call public schools while they go out right. and earn their living. Now, some people I get it; you live paycheck to paycheck. Guilty is charged here because. Um, you know, we don't make a ton of money. We make enough that mm-hmm. the, the Lord provides for us where we don't have to steal, uh, but not enough to where we have where we're forgetful of Him, as David said, either. And so, I know what that's like. But my goodness, if if you love your kids, find some way to cut something off to where you can bring them in. And I know you, you talked about them having the same standards for homeschoolers, but the reality is. They don't know what you're doing in your house. You teach your kids the way God told you to teach them, okay? They have no authority to be telling you otherwise anyway. Do whatever you can to, you know, eliminate bills or something. If you've got cable TV, come on, guys. You don't need 500 channels of nothing to watch. You just don't need that. Uh, Cut it off. Save that money. I know cable TV is very expensive. Maybe you can cut back on... Um, a cell phone or something, or maybe you can uh, not go out to eat at this place or that place or pick up something here or there and save that money and then start working towards, you know, giving yourself to your kids, educating yourself, uh, educating your kids yourself. I want to, I want to stress that because that is the solution. It's a long-term solution because we've, we've lost that for so many generations. Now, Lynn and I and our families um, you know, we and our spouses have obviously taken some initiative, but I got to confess, even in our family, you know, we didn't know a lot of things. My wife was uh, very uh, insecure at first, and and then the more she saw it and the more she did it, the more confidence that was there because she was seeing it's producing, um, you know, it's producing good fruit in the children and that God was enabling her to do what she thought she couldn't do, which is great, because that's where we should be. We should be dependent upon God to do through us what we know we can't do for ourselves. Well, absolutely. And, you know, here's the thing. When you are homeschooling, God will put help in your path yep. in ways you would never, ever even think about. Um, my warning to homeschoolers has always been, especially since I've been doing this research, Tim, is know what you're getting into. If you think it sounds too good to be true, it probably is. Um, All this free stuff, um, 
you know, nine times out of 10, there's some sort of price that your family will pay because it's not free. Nothing is free in this world. And especially if it's a trying to sway homeschoolers, but we have to remember that the Every Student Succeeds Act, when it said every student, it did not mean every public school student. It purposely meant every student in this nation whether they were young or whether they're old, because one of the things about the Every Student Succeeds Act, while it was to update the Elementary and Secondary Education Act, it also embedded post-secondary education, higher education, special needs education. Um, It increased the amount of STEM that we have in our nation. It increased the number of charter schools that we're seeing. It increased the encroachment of homeschooling. And it was done under the guise of this shift towards skill-based America needs to replace an academic-based America. Yeah. Well, we want academics. We want skills. And the best way I know to do that is, is with mom and dad being the ones who are the chief educators. Uh, Just a a little testimony of that. One of the things that I told my kids as they were growing up, I said, you know, mom and dad, we used to be sent over to a building and you'd change classrooms like every 50 minutes or so. You'd eat lunch, Mm -hmm. you'd have PE, and you were there for the majority of the day. You were there for like eight hours. And um, I said, the majority of stuff that we did could have been accomplished in probably two hours or less. Uh, for what we're doing. So we're just sitting in this building the majority of the time. Well, as we went through the homeschooling uh, with our children, that's what I was seeing. I was seeing the kids get in there, do their homework. Well, all of it's homework. (laughs) Do all of their work there. They're learning, they're reading, they're doing their math, they're doing their English, they're, they're having their history, we're reading together, all these kinds of things. And, uh, and then they have all this free time. They can, pursue whatever God has put within their heart to be passionate about. My son, he, he used to love to draw, became a really good artist in that. And then he wanted to learn to play mute instruments. And one of the things he did, we took him to a guy to teach him guitar. He wanted to learn guitar. He, he, he tried violin when he was smaller. He couldn't play it because his fingers weren't long enough then. The guy was more interested in showing off than he was teaching my son. So I said, why don't we come home We'll get some YouTube. I recommended, you know, YouTube was great for that because you have guys actually teaching it. My son has taught himself the guitar, the bass guitar, the drums, the mandolin, the some stuff I can't even name, all kinds of different instruments. And he's got them hanging up and he learns to play these things. He's fascinated with different kinds of instruments. This is what it's about. It's about developing those those gifts and those skills mm-hmm. that God has gave so that they can use them for his glory, whether it is music, whether it is in, uh, uh, and you know, a lot of this, we haven't even talked about the push for entrepreneurship. There are a lot of entrepreneurs right. who don't have some kind of great education or anything there, and they've done really well with that. Lynn, we got about 30 seconds here. Why don't you tell people where they can find oh. out more about you and how they can support your work? Okay, you can find me at commoncordiva.com. I do have a donate button. So if you feel like you would like to financially bless my work, that would be very much appreciated. Of course, if you can't do that, prayer is always um, urgently needed. You can find me on the Breaking News Network on Amazon and Roku. 
You can find me on Twitter, Facebook. You can find me on MeWe, localactivist.org, Spreely, Telegram, and I think that's pretty much it, Tim. All right, Lynn, we appreciate you as always. Rotten to the Core Wednesday with Lynn Taylor. Please check her out, CommonCoreDiva.com. And in 23 hours, we'll be back with you, Lord willing. See ya.